It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Well, kind of close. Not the voice of the Tigers and not Dave Woloshin, but Brett Norsworthy in for the voice of the Tigers. Dave Woloshin the rest of this week. That's today and tomorrow. And Monday and Tuesday of next week as Dave is taking some time away between the real push for him that begins with when Tiger basketball starts during the open date for Tigers football last night. Student madness, and we'll talk about that with the athletics director of the University of Memphis, Laird Veach, coming up momentarily. That and so much more with a very, very full plate at the University of Memphis Athletics Department. In this crossover time of year, it's that busy. School's underway. Football off to a great start. And basketball coming soon. We will visit with Laird Veach. We'll also talk Tiger football and the National Football League, as Dave always does on Thursday with Russell Copeland. And at about 1040, we will visit with Dave's analyst on Tiger football, that is Jarvis Greer, forever at Action News 5, and now with the Grizzlies, with the the Showboats, with the Tigers, Jarvis is the busiest guy in town in retirement. Only Jarvis works that hard in retirement. Jarvis joins us about 1040 or so. Baseball, boy, that was quick, wasn't it? The brooms were out in all four series, and it left Milwaukee really wanting and left uh, a lot of fan bases like Tampa Bay really kind of just bewildered at how that happened that quickly. In the two out of three, when you lose game one, your back is against that wall in game two in all four series. I, mi- I missed on all four. I thought we would we would get to games game, uh, game three in all four, and we weren't really even close in any of those. Baseball doesn't start back until Saturday. College football got going last night with Wednesday night games, and tonight has co- we have college football. And we also have the NFL right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM tonight as the Bears are in our nation's capital to play Washington. But we are honored. I am truly honored to have Laird Veach. So kind of him to join me. I almost think, Laird, I owe you an apology. You didn't think you were booking the show to be with Dave, and instead you get me because I'm really glad to have you, Laird. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you too. <laughs> thank, th- thank you very much. And Larry, for, first, congratulations on the great start to the football season. I know it was disappointing in St. Louis. I know having to play in St. Louis that was well well adjudicated, quite literally, in, in courts of law. <laughs> in, in courts of law, Tig- the Memphis Tigers uh, handled themselves well there in defeat. Now we're seeing really how good Mizzou is. I don't think the football season, except for winning at Mizzou, could be off to a better start. Yeah, yeah, we're really proud of our, our our team and their their fight. You know, it is it's really hard to win these days in college football, uh, if you haven't noticed. Um, and and I think we got a we got a team that not only has the talent, uh, but also the leadership and the kind of grit that it takes to you know to to, to win tough battles and to keep pushing through. And and you know we got a huge one coming up next Friday. It may be the biggest game since the AAC championship game. Certainly biggest regular season game. I feel like since that great day with when game day was here and it built to the crescendo on Saturday night playing uh, playing and hosting and defeating SMU. But that's next Friday night. I know we want to build to a big crowd. But Laird, I think you are to be commended. I have said it many times without ever telling you I'm saying it or or, 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 or you even probably even knowing about saying it. 
nobody got a tougher hand than you did walking in, first of all, to the success of the football program, but then to, to COVID and to IARP and to the changing world of college athletics. College sports has changed more in the last three years than in the previous 40. You held yourself up very well. And last year, when it got noisy around Coach Silverfield, you you, you, you you, you maintained, and last year shows what you just said about how hard it is to win in college football. It's fragile. Losses last year that could have, should have been wins, they weren't. A couple wins this year that might could have gone the other way, they've gone the right way. Th- that's how tenuous the nature of it is. You're to be commended for kind of holding the line. Well, thank you. That, that, that's kind of you. I, I appreciate it. But uh, I, I mean genuinely, as, as hard as it's been, you know, for – for athletic directors across the country, not not just me, it's it's, it's even harder for coaches. I mean, you know, what the the world that they live in now, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, managing NIL, managing transfers, trying to maintain a culture, be competitive, and do all those things. Um, you know, Ryan and, and all of our coaches, we, we've talked many times about how much that world has changed for them, and and you know, Ryan and, and the staff have, have really handled it remarkably well, considering all the headwinds that have, that have been there. I mean, it is not the job that it was four or five years ago, and and he has you know found a way to adjust and and put us in this position. And you know, you could see I don't know if you saw the promotion that we had just announced this morning, but he's truly all in buying twenty five hundred tickets himself to to give away to fans, um, to, for, so fans can literally call up the ticket office, get four free tickets, you know, starting today if they, if they want. I mean, he, he's doing everything he possibly can for us to be successful and do it the right way. And you know, we're we got defending Cotton Bowl champions coming to our coming to our town and um, on national television, so it doesn't get get much bigger than that. On the on the lucky charm date of Friday the thirteenth, I'm not at all superstitious, Laird, but some are. But I look forward to being there, and I am going to be there that night at that game. And, and for Ryan Silverfield to do what he did today to to buy those tickets to make them available for people to, to go to that game. It's part of the process of building to, a, I hope, a big crowd next Friday night. You mentioned Cotton Bowl champions, the the regard that everybody in college sports that, that, that people have for Willie Fritz and what's being done at Tulane. It's almost the model for what Ryan Silverfield can do here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you put it put it very well. I mean, it is, it is a huge, huge night for us. Um, I've, I've learned that, you know, many of the local – you know, high school teams are not playing football because you know because of uh, fall break. So hopefully that that's an opportunity for people to, to another reason for them to you know come out and, and spend the Friday night with us and then be able to watch you know other college games the, the next day on TV. Um, but you know it's also wrestling night. We've got we're giving away jerseys. We've got a a, a a special dinner offer so you can get a hot dog, soda, chips, cookie for eight bucks. So I don't know if you can find a more nutritious meal for less than ten bucks. Um, out there, so so we're we're trying to pull out all the stops. I guess that's what I'm trying to communicate, Kate. Is we're we're really trying to to do everything we possibly can for people to want to come out the game, to make it easy on them, and to uh, enjoy it while they you know support our Tigers. And this has been the part of the schedule that all of us in the summertime, you know, we got all those answers in summertime talk radio, Ryan. Everybody knows everything that's going to happen in the fall, and then amazingly, after one week of play, we don't know anything that's going to happen, and 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 it, it gets readjusted, but. Back in the summer, that Mizzou, Boise State, Tulane stretch, we know we knew that would kind of make or break the season. So far, so good. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you know, you, 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 there there are no moral victories, and we sure would have wanted to pull out that Mizzou game, but we battled, and um, you know, we we did the right things. Uh, you know, this this last weekend, and that's set up. You know, as as, as goes this time of year, every every game gets bigger with another win, um, and it's really not going to get uh, any bigger than this one. So uh, we, we we need people to come out and you know show the country that that we that we care about our Tigers here in, in Memphis, and we're. Willing to support a you know a national level football program and uh, it just it just really doesn't get any bigger than this. This team and this coaching staff and I, I'm always reluctant to tell to, to use this word, but I'm going to. They deserve this town support. They deserve this area's support. They've gone out there with all the questions after last year, but it ended well with the bowl win over Utah State. Season quarterback, big time tailback. Great receiving core, rebuilt offensive line, a competitive, scrappy defense, solid in special teams. This this, this team is fun to watch and is deserving of 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 support. Yeah, no question. You said it perfectly well. I, I obviously I, I fully agree with everything you said, but 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 you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a fun team to to get behind and support. I mean, they're the kind of young people you want. Uh, they battle. We have some some real athletic uh, young men that can make things happen so it's uh it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun it's it's, gonna be the place to be next friday so hoping people show up and they're out there on the coach on the coaching front whether it's the football coach or whatever coach it is across the department the kind of the staying the course when it gets noisy when one or two you don't want calling kind of cracking on you do call and and they won't change it, but you have to stay the course you you saw it at Kansas State with with overtime kind of planting the spring harvesting the fall will Bill Snyder we're seeing it now <laughs> at Kentucky with Mark Stoops I mean you know they they, they they ride out a couple of five and sevens and six and sixes and they bide their time for that next opportunity to go ten and three uh, we, we saw it historically with with, with Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech uh, I, I know there's not a lot of patience but you in that corner office you have to be patient. You can't. You can't go with the whims of talk radio. <laughs> well, you're right. That, that is absolutely true. You have to. You have to really know what's going on behind the scenes and, and recognize that you know. It, it, in Ryan's case and how he's how he's managed the program, he is doing all the right things. Right? He's making the right decisions. You know, he made some 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 really good decisions like this last year with his staff. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's adjusted well to the transfer portal and figure out how to manage that right for Memphis. I mean, he's. You know, and he just he just operates the type of culture and program that you want, and you know, not only from from my position, uh, but from a, from a fan's perspective. I mean, we we do things the right way, and you know that eventually, I believe that pays off, and that that generates results. It's challenging, and it is, it is tough because college football is tough, I mean, it is it is really hard to win. Um, but he's doing the right things, and over time, those things those things add up. You start to, to turn corners, and you get better and better and better over the time. Over time, so and my old my old ball coach uh, Bill Snyder used to his his big eyes was get just a little bit better every day, and and you know that was the that was the attitude that was the approach, and that's what I what I see. He continues to grind out. Ryan does, and the staff does, and you know they they're getting a little better. They're figuring things out as they go, and. You know, it's it's starting to really produce results. Our guest is the esteemed athletics director of the University of Memphis, Laird Veach. We're glad to have him with us on Wolo and Friends in Dave's ab- absence. I'm Brett Norsworthy, but so glad to be with Laird Veach. When when you played and you were around and you watched Coach Bill Snyder, uh, often players really do. I think I think more times for the better. 
they they adopt adapt to the personality of the head coach when you saw him being so resolute being so patient Laird, I, I see a lot of that in you did 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 you get a lot of that from him <laughs> yeah you know i would like to think I, I learned a lot of that from him uh you know i think of that as you know partly just you know background and, and roots growing up in small town kansas mm-hmm. with farmer parents and you know that, that that type of background as well but um but it, and it also comes from you know just being around college athletics over the years and 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 having the perspective of no you know you're writing the ups and downs and you know understanding that you can't make emotional uh, reactive decisions you got to be really calculated and thoughtful and and be willing to you know take some take some arrows that's that's that's, that's part of the role it's part of the job so um, you know our our job as administrators is to support coaches and and they they really. Are the ones that are on the on the ground level to support student athletes and and you know build programs and do the kind of things that our coaches are doing here. So um, you know we're 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 in the background trying to help and and they're on the front lines and we're we're here to support them doing what they're doing. Next Friday night, October thirteenth, the Memphis Tigers against the Tulane Green Wave, and as you said, the champions of the Cotton Bowl beat USC during that game. We were we were in here on January second during the end of that game. And I said that day, in the history of big-time bowl wins, maybe not a bigger budget disparity for, of SC football to Tulane football, but the budgets don't play on the field, do they, Do they, Laird? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. There's still only so many that can line up on each side and, and, uh, and make plays. So that, that's, that's one of the great things about sports. Is it, in, in many ways, it's an equalizer, and it, and it make, makes it fun. So, well, you say they can, you say they can line up. Last week, Florida tried the thirteen man defense on the goal line against Kentucky, <laughs> and still couldn't stop them. They tried those seven six front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. That, that that was something to see. But next Friday night against Tulane, you got a lot of good ticket deals. It will be a lot of fun. The forecast for now, for what it's worth, looks like it's going to be a great night for football on a Friday night. I know you don't like. Uh, doing that on Friday night, but the networks make that call, and, and you will have to do it. You had a great preseason ticket deal that I'm sure those $60 ticket buyers are now crowing to their friends, hey, I'm going to the Tulane game for 12 bucks." <laughs> I know. Isn't that fun? I was so proud of our, our staff, but, really you know, good. coming up with that concept. And, you know, one of the things I love being uh, I love about being in Memphis is, you know, we're a place where we, we can get creative. We can do fun things like that. And, you know, we really encourage our, our staff to be innovative and, uh, you know, push things out there like that. And they, they came up with it, and it's been, been a lot of fun. Uh, but obviously fun for those fans that, 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 that rolled those dice um, and, and have, uh, have made that happen. And it, it's fun to, fun to see it continue to progress. And, shoot, we're hoping they get, you know, all six games. Laird, I have so many people often ask me, "Hey, hey Brett, I, you know, I can't write that big check to the athletics department. You know, I don't know that I want a full season ticket package, but what can I do?" And I always tell them, "Buy a ticket to a game and start with next Friday night would be the time to do it, wouldn't it be?" Absolutely, no, no question. You you said it well again, and we, we we would very much appreciate that. That is, you know, absolutely the number one thing I ask people when they ask how they can help. Like, so the first thing is come out. You know, yep. support our be support there. our young people and their in their in their competitive environments, doing what they're doing, um, and have fun doing it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is a fun place to be. It's, uh, it's going to be a beautiful night and it's great entertainment. You come out and really watch young people battle and uh, be with a lot of other people in the process and have fun, have fun in the, in that environment. Um, I also want to really quick, uh, while I got you, just, just thank our students, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, they're, 
their attendance. We've seen some of the best attendance in our student the student section um, as we've had in several years, and our staff really worked hard on that. Um, you know, I think that that also showed last night with student madness. We're, we're doing things to really try to engage them and bring them out. That's kind of the heart and soul of of our of our fan base is our student body, and we we need them to be there. And I know next week is student bonanza. We're going to have all kinds of giveaways and doing other things for them as well, but. Uh, that's been fun to see, and I just want to wanted to take a minute to recognize that. And it looked great last night for men's basketball and women's basketball last night with the rollout of Student Madness and Coach Hardaway with the team that we feel like he's going to have this year. And even with how heartbreaking last year ended to be AAC Conference champions, to beat Mighty Houston, to have that great last regular season game against them. It didn't go the way that we wanted it, but it was still thrilling stuff. We know what Coach Hardaway and that team can do. Uh, on the ticket front, how many people have bought tickets for the early season uh, Bahamas trip? How many, think, um, how many Tiger fans do you think will go? I, I don't know the number to that yet. I, I know that we've been we've been working on it. I haven't heard, heard the full number. I think there are several that are that are going, you know, not necessarily with us that are that are going directly on their own. So uh-huh. I can't say. I do think it's going to be an awesome trip. Um, and we, you know, we expect a, a healthy contingent of, of Tiger fans there, um, but I haven't heard a number to be able to share. And the potential of that bracket, you know, a lot of Thanksgiving lunch mid-afternoon plans could be greatly altered with the Razorbacks and the Tigers playing down there on, on, on Thanksgiving afternoon. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a lot of fun, you bet. We're, we're looking forward to a great trip. And, and I know through the years – University of Memphis has tried very hard to get back into a game with Arkansas, and Eric Musselman is pretty adamant in his stance of he's not going to play that kind of home at home. If he plays a game like that, it would be in, at one of those either either neutrals or in one of those holiday tournaments. Laird Veach with us talking all things Tigers athletics. Uh, from fundraising to conference realignment to the compliance staff, right now you really are juggling flaming chainsaws every day. I feel sorry, Laird, for the the people in compliance because I, I don't know how they keep up with all these moving parts. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it is more complex than it used to be. That that, that that's for sure. Um, and you know, but we've we've we got a really good team, and and I think everybody in our uh, all administrators in college athletics have just sort of had to get used to managing change and 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 being flexible with how we how we think about things um but you know it's a constant process and you know our the key for us is to not only stay up with it but then understand how do we how do we use it to our advantage how do we you know position ourselves um to be competitive and you know that's it it is a it while while challenging and daunting at times it's also uh you know it's kind of fun to be able to to really think that through and, and work with the team that, that cares and, and is really trying to make things happen for our coaches and players. What, what is the biggest challenge for the department? It, it, is it is it fundraising? If, is it conference realignment? Or is it just the day-in, day-out care of, of your athletes? You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, uh, uh, finances are, are, are probably, in, in many respects, um, you know, the, the, the number one challenge uh, because we compete above our weight class, you sure. know, without having – you know those those conference television revenues. Um, you know, I, I heard a statistic, and I and I can't I can't verify this, um, but I've heard it several times that um, when prior to um, you know say 10, 12 years ago, prior to the the real jump in television revenues for for conferences, that uh, Memphis and Ole Miss had almost the exact same budget yeah. overall budget, and now you know they're they're I'm sure double what ours is. Uh, you know, so that's. It, that that kind of um, 
you know, competition sort of right in your background um, can can make it hard, right? And so, so those kind of things, um, trying to balance, you know, not only what we need to do, continue to do to invest in our facilities and and provide the kind of resources we need for uh, to, to to pay great coaches and uh, to recruit and do all those things, uh, but now with the NIL space, and you know, it's it is a constant battle for for dollars, and we we really ask a lot of our, our donors, our people, and. And we need them now more than ever. So um, it is it is certainly the, the biggest challenge because you want to be able to provide all those resources for, for coaches and players to, to be successful. Last thing for Laird Veach, the athletics director at the University of Memphis. On the whole stadium funding issue, be it Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium or FedEx Forum, the, the Grizzlies and, and the Tigers have had a great relationship through the years. And at the time that the Grizzlies came here, the, the Tigers were, 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 were the power between the two and, and really helped with getting the Grizzlies here. When this all gets settled down, we'll look back and the more acrimonious parts won't, won't, won't be as raw then, will it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I've said this before and I mean it. I really, and, and I know our president and others don't do not in any way look at this as a Tigers versus Grizzlies thing. You know. I mean, we, we, it, 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 it hasn't been. We have had a relationship, we can, a great relationship we continue to. We, we're partners in many ways. Um, and this really shouldn't be an either or thing. It should be an and. And we, we need to find a way if we want to have both, you know, professional sports and big time, high level college sports. Uh, in this city, we got to find a way to support them at those those competitive levels and the the investments that you know we're talking about for these venues. That's that's you know part of how the game is played. And we so, can do um, both. We can do both, and we and we need to do both. Uh, so so that needs to be the focus, you know. And we're we we really want to push this thing forward and, and make it happen because one, it's the it, you know financially it is is the right thing to do, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it costs less. It, it allows. You know, the it, the further you lot further along you go, you're gonna it's gonna cost more, and, and you know there's you know another year of if you wait, it's another year of um, you know waiting before you can sell those those cool new suites and club seats and all that that can generate more revenues for our programs. Um, there's just a lot of reasons why it's important we move forward, but ultimately we need we need to make all this happen for you know for for both entities, and and ultimately because that's what's best for the city and uh, you know what. Uh, what helps us all from from not only an economic standpoint but a brand standpoint, etc. So it's it's an investment with real big picture long term returns uh, that needs to happen at uh, for both venues. Laird, I say about this area, we're not big enough to fight among each other. Let's all pull together. Amen. We're we're with you. Laird Beach, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for the great job you're doing. And can't wait to see you on the Friday night of the Tulane game. Thank you. Have a great rest of the week. You bet. You too. Go Tigers, go. You got it. Laird Veach, the athletics director at the University of Memphis. We're in our family leisure studios where family and fun come together. The world's biggest spa sale, it's right now. It's back and bigger than ever. 50 different models to choose from, five different manufacturers, up to 30% off in stock spas and swim spas. Free upgrades on all in-stock spas, 24 months, same as cash. It's available at Family Leisure, 2120 Whitten Road, just north of I-40. More Tiger on the field talk with Russell Copeland and NFL talk with him. Coming up next, you're listening to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Dave's out, Brett's in, and up next, Russell Copeland's talk Tiger football. We just visited with Athletics Director of the University of Memphis, Laird Feach. That'll be up at the website if you'd like to go back and listen to that as well. But we visit with Russell Copeland now about Tigers football and about the NFL. Russell played for the University of Memphis and played in the NFL. And one of the teams in the NFL he played for, that's where I'm going to start. Russell, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Who needed it more? And it, they kind of go hand in hand. The, the team writ large or Josh Allen last Sunday to do what they did to the Dolphins? Well, uh, without a question, it was the Buffalo Bills, especially when you look at how the Bills started off going against the Jets opening night. Everything that happened with Aaron Rodgers and not being able to come out with that victory. Mm-hmm. They could not afford to be 0-2 in that division. But since that uh, loss with the Jets, Josh Allen did not perform very well. He's been hot. I think he, he is definitely early on an MVP candidate, along with Tua Tagovailoa. But it was the Buffalo Bills. They needed that game. They got it. They're right back where they need to be. They're playing good on both sides of the football. And Safan Diggs, he's having that kind of year. Four touchdowns for the year, almost 400 yards. He wants to be the big-time receiver. I think he is. Well, definitely. He's definitely a top-five wide receiver. I just think when you look at – Josh Allen being the quarterback, I think he had to let the dust settle. He had to understand that he's the leader of the football team. He could not allow Diggs nor the head coach or anyone else to try to force feed Diggs. Diggs will be open. There will be opportunities to hit big plays. But I think early on, especially against the Jets, he was trying to force some things. He's now settled down. He's reading the coverages. But Diggs is a big-time playmaker. He'll get his catches. And just like all receivers, receivers want to get uh, involved. But Josh Allen is running the ship. He's taking control of this offense. Russell, everything ends. For good or for bad, it comes to an end and a new chapter starts. We're at that with New England. The Tom Brady years have come and gone. Uh-huh. Uh, when do the Bill Belichick years uh, go? Well, you, you know, that's an interesting question. You know, where where is he with, with the owner, with Kraft? I mean, he's done so much. And it's really hard to let a legend, to let someone who's arguably probably the best coach. But right now we're seeing something that we haven't seen in a very long time. And that is this organization, this coaching staff struggling. Um, you, you draft the first-round quarterback to rebuild. Um, he, he has not panned out the way that you wanted your quarterback to be. And honestly, I think it'll be a long look after this season if this era for Bill Belichick is going to be over. You know, Matt Jones, I, I think he, he, he's definitely a really good quarterback. But you look at last year for me, uh, I think he lost. He regressed a year Big because you didn't have an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You didn't have an offensive coordinator. You had Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator. He specialized in defense. That was a big year for for him. Now he's trying to get used to, get back accommodated to a real offensive coordinator and, and O'Brien. And, and he's struggling a little bit. His confidence is not there. And if you do not have a quarterback and you've got a young quarterback and he doesn't have the confidence, your offense is going to struggle. But right now it's not – the same type of team that we're used to. And I think Kraft will, will take a long look after this year. This easily could be Bill Belichick's last year. And 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 that's something that we, we didn't think that we would be hearing. But right now, uh, they're in tough situations uh, in New England. It really could be something in the same season. It would be weeks apart. 
But Coach Nick Saban, say goodbye to college football coaching and Bill Belichick mm-hmm. to the NFL. We're talking college football and the NFL with Russell Copeland. No better person to do it with. He played for the University of Memphis and played in the National Football League. Two teams remain undefeated in the NFL. The Eagles, who made it all the way to the Super Bowl last year, and the 49ers, whom the Eagles defeated in the NFC Championship game on an injury Dade day for the for the 49ers in that game. But this week, it's San Francisco at home against Dallas. I know they don't play against each other, but we pit it as quarterback versus quarterback. Dak can't lose to Brock Purdy, can he? Well, I, I tell you what, um, I, I can't say enough about Brock Purdy. You look at you know how he took over last year, how he's played. He's the quarterback that fits that system. He understands the offense. You understand the personnel groupings, where to go with the football. It gets the football out of his hands. And when you look at Shanahan, this is the West Coast offense. And I think Brock Purdy plays the system better than Dak Prescott when you look at the quarterback position. And I think last year in that playoff game, that was the difference. Mm -hmm. The difference was the quarterback play. Uh, Brock Purdy did not turn the football over. Dak Prescott had two big turnovers. And it's going to come down to it this game. I think both defenses are really good. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they've got the best scoring defense in the National Football League. I think it's like 10 and a half. But those numbers can be inflated a little bit because you play the Jets and the Giants, but they still have a really good defense as far as pass rush. I think their weakness is up the middle, running the football. And, man, San Francisco 49ers, they can run the football. Christian McCaffrey is a, was a big, huge addition. He, he was the piece that was missing. Give me the San Francisco 49ers over the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to San Francisco. San Francisco has won seven straight games dating back to 2022, scoring 30-plus points. I think it'll be a tough game. It'll come down to those turnovers and also the red area. The Cowboys are struggling in that red area. Yeah, I I love the 49ers line of scrimmage, and I think it's a Mm -hmm. decided coaching advantage, Shanahan versus McCarthy. Well, you know, uh, McCarthy now has taken over. He's taken over the the Hams. Uh, you know, he's 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 the head guy. He's calling the plays, and I think Dak Prescott has adjusted. He's getting the football out of his hands. It's the West Coast offense. You gotta, you know, get the get the football into your playmakers' hands. But when you look at Kyle Shanahan and Mike McCarthy, I like Kyle Shanahan. And and and, and something else, you look at the defenses. Both of those defenses are really good, but Kyle Shanahan does a tre- tremendous job with personnel groupings, meaning that all of his players are interchangeable. So he gets you in the mix, match. Do you want to go base? Do you want to go nickel? Do you want to go dime? How do you want to match up with all those weapons with Debo Samuels, Christian McCaffrey, landing them outside? That'll cause some issues for the Cowboys. And if they can't get to Brock Purdy, it could be a long night. But I, I like the Niners. I think it'll be one of the best games early on this year. It really will be. And they, those no, no love lost between those two organizations. The Baker Mayfield story, I know just four games, but Russell, I wrote him off. I thought it I thought it was he, he was done to the ash heap mm-hmm. of, of failed Heisman winning quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh not so fast in it. I think I think it also should be a, a guide for Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. Okay, so first stop doesn't work out. Don't give up. You can you can resurrect yourself somewhere. Well, it, it is good to see Baker Mayfield uh, playing well, leading uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 3-1. I'm not sold 
on Baker Mayfield yet. It, it, it's still early. I will say it's good. Yeah, I don't want to sign a mortgage with him. I'm still renting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know, but, but but it's good. And especially what you said, you know, you talk about Kyler Murray and you talk about Justin Fields. And, look, the quarterback position is the hardest position to get adjusted to. It's the hardest position to be able to evaluate coming out of college because the game is, is, is different. It's faster. Uh, I think Kyler Murray was out to a tremendous start. Unfortunately for him, he has a knee injury. Now you look at Justin Fields. I think a total different different situation with Justin Fields. I don't think he's had the help around him. I think now the pieces are being put together around him. Unfortunately, the offensive line is hurt. But he, he's coming off one of his best games uh, as a passer. He had over 300 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. They lose the game. But to make your point, you can go somewhere else mm-hmm. and be able to fit into a system to make your point. And, and those, yeah, and those young quarterbacks, they have to be able to look at that because, unfortunately, when you pick a quarterback first, if you do not put the pieces around him and you do not allow him to be the quarterback that that you evaluated coming out of college, you put a total different system in. Your franchise is behind four to five years. Look at the Jets. The Jets have drafted two quarterbacks in the top five. And, and and we see what's going on with New York. But, yes, to make your point, you can go somewhere else and be successful. You, you sure can. Russell Copeland, the Memphis Tigers, a big one next Friday night against Tulane. It it really is kind of a de facto early in-season AAC championship game. Well, it, it definitely is. And, and what I love about the Tigers is that they've been able to progress, they've been able to sustain, and they've elevated. And, and I think it started when you look at Missouri. I think Missouri was a test on both sides of the ball. Uh, as far as the physicality, I think they matched that. I think they showed that they could play with an SEC team. And you look at last week, you know, Boise State. I mean, look, Boise State uh, has been that guy. Boise State mm-hmm. has been that team in the group of five. That was a signature win for them on all different levels. Being down 17 nothing, needing, needing the plays to come back before that half to score those touchdowns, and, and then special teams getting the blocked field goal. So, yes, this is a huge matchup, and it's so big for this Tiger program to to come off a win instead of going into the bye week with two hard losses. Uh, I'm looking forward to this matchup. Um, it came at a good time for the bye. Players get sure a chance did. to rest up. Um, and, and, and this team is playing with a lot of confidence. They're optimistic. They're focused. And they still have not played. When I say a clean game, the slow starts – um, you know, making some mistakes. Best games uh, coming, in. Yeah, yeah. the best yet. game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. And, and Tulane has not won here in a really long time. The fans, you know, come out on Friday night. I, I think they saw what type of football team this Tiger Tiger uh, team can be against Boise State. Looking forward to that. You know, it's early on, uh, but but I, I think the Tigers will play them tooth and nail. And I think the Tigers will come up with a really big victory against Tulane. Russell, fun visit. Thank you for joining me today. Dave will be back next week, but I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Russell Copeland, former Tiger great, now part of the broadcast team and also played in the National Football League, mostly with the Buffalo Bills. When we come back, we will visit with Jarvis Greer on everything local. The Grizzlies, they had media day. Grizzlies three weeks from last night, opening night, also the Tigers. We visit with Jarvis next. You're listening to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Thank you very much, Zach Boyd, doing the great job as always producing. On Wolo and Friends, I'm Brett Norsworthy. Dave will be back next Wednesday. And a real treat now for me to visit with the busiest man in town in retirement. <laughs> Nobody works harder than Jarvis Greer, whether it's in retirement or not in retirement. Good morning, Jarvis. How are you? What's going on, Stats? You holding down the fort there? Sounding really good. Thank you, Jarvis. I appreciate it. And I know you guys, I, I said on Monday last weekend, the Memphis Tigers football team and the Ole Miss football team tried to kill its fans and its broadcasters last weekend, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, both of them going down crazy crazy games to the last second that was a raucous scene down in oxford i know you were pulling your hairs out which how many all three of them (laughs) (laughs) all all three of them jarvis we didn't have to go to the hair but that's okay (laughs) well that's good you just bit down the fingernails i I did in a a wild win for the memphis tigers we visited with crazy at the sim yeah yeah crazy big comeback we visited with laird we visited with russell but uh jarvis uh I really like where this Tiger football team, where it is. It's exactly preseason where I thought it was on the way to nine and three, and I just didn't have the stones to pick ten and two. Brian Moss did, and and did on a, a lot of different forums at at his site, and I applaud that. I just didn't have the gumption to do it. Ten and two's out there for sure to be had, and maybe better. Well, I I, I said ten and two myself, and way I to go, said Jarvis. That. I would have said that had uh, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF still been in the league because this is a good mm-hmm. team. They it had is. bad luck last year. I mean, you know, you know how the football gods turn. Maybe you know they'll turn a little bit because they what four one four one score games last year that they they lost them all. They're going down to the last you know last end of the ball game, mm-hmm. and uh, something happens here or there where they just didn't win. Well, now it looks like they've got they've got the players now. You got. In every key position that you need, you have a quarterback. You've got a running back now, and uh, looks like now you've got a, a, a wide out that, that can consistently catch football. And O line, Taylor, and O line, and, uh, and the O line is is you know it's still got a ways to go, but it's getting there. And like I said, it's got a running back that can find the creases to run through. So, and defensively, I think they're better this year. I mean, they're still what nationally ranked in several categories and playing some pretty good offenses here of late. So. Uh, I think that uh, it uh, it bodes the season bodes well for Memphis. Hopefully, Tigers can keep it going. And boy, you know your Rebels—they really have. Uh, you know, with that offense, I mean that that reminds me of kind of what it was like around here with Mike Norvell. They got a lot of re- weapons on offense, and they use them, and they score a lot of points, and they're always in the game because they can always score. That's a good comparison. They very, Mike Norvell and Lane very much do approach approach the game in in kind of the. The same manner, you got to kind of just flood the zone and a little bit hang on for dear life on <laughs> defense. But that's the modern game now, man. Yeah. You're not, you're, mm-hmm. Jarvis, you're not going to win anything ten seven out there now. No, no, that that's that's not happening. And uh, like you know, even you know Memphis with its struggles somewhat offensively, will not been able to run the ball ball very well. They're starting to run the ball now, mm-hmm. and you're seeing the results. You know, the scoring's up. The uh, the, uh, and they're giving their defense a little bit of a rest. You know, before it's they amazing the, the trickle down effect from a consistent running game. Oh, well, it, it, it sets up the pass. Then uh, it, they, it, they it, teach that from grade school on through high school, college. Works. Got to be able to run the football. You we, can't we, run the football unless you're Patrick Mahomes and got fifty thousand guys that can run 10, 
you know, 10 flat hundreds. Okay, nine, there's always an exception to everything with Patrick Mahomes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, but not everybody's got that, right? But, so but, but our, our entire football lives, we've heard about it, and, and it holds true. It really does. And and now with the, the, the way the game's played, the, the, you know, the, the no huddle, it's not always hurry up, but it's always no huddle. If mm-hmm. you have that quick three and out, you're killing your big guys on the defensive side. They don't. They, they got to sit down and get a drink of water and get their breath back. Yeah, they got to get that oxygen. They got to graze a little bit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Big hogs need. They need some time to graze. They got to go out in the pasture and sit a minute. You know what I mean? Before they go back out there and, and bring the heavy lumber. And that you know the game has changed, but the game is still the same. All right, last week at seventeen yeah, to nothing, and the the, the block oh, field goal really changed it. It it was really feeling like you know this this could be the tipping point if they got up one more score. Then here comes the Tigers. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things where the game was like going nowhere. It's like they were moving the football, but they weren't getting anything out of it. And uh, and Boise State was Boise State. That back Gianti, he's really good. Mm-hmm. He is, and uh, I think he's still quarterback ranked. steady. Yeah, and uh, well, they got two of them. It looks like you know they say you got two quarterbacks that don't have one, but they both kind of complement each other. You, you almost have to have two now. You know, Jarvis, that, that old saw of two don't have one. That's when we were playing ten regular season games. Now yeah, we're playing a yeah. pro schedule. Yeah, pretty much. If you look at it, you know, if you win your league and then you win your, uh, then you go to your, um, mm-hmm. you know, conference championship and then you play in a bowl game. I mean, heck, that's. That's more games than what they were playing in the old NFL. That, that, that's <laughs> you know, a long, back when we were young. <laughs> long time ago. That, uh, that, that's a long season. Jarvis, let's talk about the Grizzlies media day on oh, yeah. Monday. Everybody excited. We've, we've kind of – everything one of is, my pursuits in retirement. <laughs> I know. It. You, you, you're staying busy. But everything is settled down with Jaw. We know when, when, when the Grizzlies are getting, yeah. getting back. That 25 games without him. What would be the record you'd take right now and and not play a second? Would you would you take thirteen and twelve? Well, a lot of people are saying fourteen and eleven. Okay, and I see that as a possibility. You know, oh, thirteen and twelve, I'm not going to cry about. Me, me either. I, I mean, are one under five hundred. I'm not. And if you look at it, the past uh, couple of years, the Grizzlies have started out kind of you know fair to mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of pretty good here, not so good there, and been somewhere around five hundred, and then boom, <laughs> all of a sudden they take off. And I, I see this season being pretty much like the same. They have played well without job before. The only thing is this time you don't have Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark, you know, to rely on. Brandon Clark, of course, is out with that torn Achilles, and we may not see him again this year. They said he had a little bit of a setback in his, uh, in his rehab, but it's nothing too much that wasn't expected. And, you know, if he comes back at the end of the year, how effective would he be anyway? Um, but, you know, Tyus Jones was a definite steadying factor. But now you, I think they did a pretty good job replacing him, you know, getting a Marcus Smart in there who knows how to play, average seven assists a game before, and who can uh, move the ball around, is a judicious shooter, and is a tenacious defender. So, you know, that I, think, I think they've done well with that. And, uh, you know, you're going to have Luke Kennard for a whole season. And it, it, health is the whole thing with the NBA. Who is the healthiest at the end of the year? And, and I think now... Uh, yep. The Grizzlies have gotten to the point where, you know, they finished second in the West two years in a row, and it may not be that you have to finish second in the West, but you have to be ready to go when the postseason comes. Out there in uh, the West, the Lakers and the Nuggets are really going at it strong before opening night. Uh, last I checked, uh, the the Nuggets 
swept the Lakers last, last spring, didn't they? And, and yeah. the, the, I don't mm-hmm. think the Lakers are taking no for an answer. They don't like being the team for ring and and, and banner ceremony night. I, I hate uh, – too too bad, Lakers, the Nuggets are the champs. Yeah, the Nuggets are the champs. And they were uh, – you know, they had missed the season because, what, Jamal Hurry, Murray was hurt last year or the season before this past one, I think uh, – um, I, one of their other players that's really good off the bench was hurt or didn't play very much, but uh, they were they were healthy last year and it showed. It's just like remember that year that the Grizzlies lost Mike Conley with the broken face, yes. and uh, the the Golden State Warriors that year were healthy in the postseason through the postseason and they ended up winning it. It's going to be who's healthy. One of the worst injuries I've ever seen. When I saw him the first time. I'm not kidding you. It looked like it hurt to touch his shoulder. Oh, yeah, really. Literally a broken face. Jarvis, I've never asked you this, and I've always wanted to. You you have a very compelling story about why you wanted to be a Memphis Tiger, and it was largely (laughs) because of the voice of the Tigers, Jack Eaton, who's going in the Memphis Sports Hall of Fame. But when you were growing up, who was your favorite Tigers football player? I've never asked you that. Uh, Stan Davis. Stan Davis was one of the first black players at the University of Memphis. He was a wide receiver, a speedster. He was also on the track team. I thought you might say Gerald Tinker. I really did. Because well, Tinker was also on uh, Tiger track. So right. He did not have a football career. that uh, no, They had to he, teach he Tinker how to play football. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Davis already knew. I remember and, uh, going he, to games and watching Gerald Tinker just in warm-ups, and I'm going, my oh, goodness. God. He, 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 you talk about blazing speed. Uh, oh, man among boys. I mean, he could run like Bob Hayes. Yeah. Oh, that's Bullet Bob. Hey, uh, Gerald Ger- Tinker was was awesome. I think that I think that track team he was on was NCAA champion. Um, and, and, that then, year. and then he went to Kent State, and and he was teammates there with Lambert and and Saban. That's amazing. <laughs> well, he got he got with a good crew. But, you know, you know, I, I think I've told was, you my my favorite Tiger from that era, and I, I texted this to Laird Veach that I've been a Tiger fan since I fell in love with Skeeter Gowan. Skeeter, it, it, Paul Skeeter Gowan. He it, went to my old, was Christian uh, grade guy. school and high school. Yeah. yeah, he went to St. Louis School and uh, and CBHS. And uh, as a matter of fact, when I was in the eighth grade, um, Skeeter came and talked to us. Um, one time, and you know he unfortunately he you know he passed away early, but he had he had several kids, and they all went to St. Louis, and uh, it was uh, he was something to watch. He was only about five eight, but his thighs were about as big around as you know your body. And, 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 <laughs> and could really run, and it, you know, it, it was easy for me with basketball. It was Larry Finch. Oh, of course, and uh, you know I, I actually knew Larry when he was in high school, and um, and then going on to Memphis, he and Ronnie together ronnie robinson. ronnie robinson actually came and worked at channel five for a little bit after college the big cat he, uh, ronnie robinson yeah the big cat yeah he worked in studio there for a little bit before he said Look, they ain't paying me enough i've got to get out of here thank you for your time today love hearing your voice and love seeing you around town and uh i know well, david too, appreciates Seth. you being with him every week thank you jarvis i love listening to you guys thank you Appreciate it. You too. Have a great day. Have a great call. You got it. Jarvis Greer with everybody. I almost said Action News 5. It's just easy to do. Retired from Action News 5, but with the Grizzlies, with the Tigers Broadcast Network, also with the Showboats, and just really, really fun, fun guy and good guy to to visit with. I talked about the Lakers and the Nuggets and their squabble. I'm looking forward to that sorting itself out this year. Hey, Lakers. 
They whipped y'all last year. You don't get to do the talking. The champs get to do the talking. And and I, I don't think the Lakers like being in this position. And since LeBron's been there and Anthony Davis has been there, it's been one title in the bubble. And I, I don't know how much they like it. It has gotten ugly between th- those t- two teams. In the baseball, none today. None tonight. It's all over until Saturday as we get to the LDS, as we get to the best three out of five. It was all sweeps, and shockingly, uh, uh, I, I think, that, that it all ended in, in such a quick style, and it was really easy for those teams. The Rangers move on, the Twins move on, the Diamondbacks move on, and the Phillies move on, probably the two most heartbroken teams. The Brewers, they were at home. And, and and Tampa Bay and the crowds at Tampa Bay just slightly better yesterday. The first day, the first number was 19. Yesterday, they moved it to 20. I think that was probably intentional. It looked like a few more people there, but by no means was it a robust crowd. Tomorrow, we will visit with Glenn Rogers on high school football. And we'll also visit with Andy Schiffman, who is Brandon Clark's agent. We'll talk the NBA with Andy Schiffman. And I will visit and we'll try to come up with Dave's Friday pick six. Bryant and I will do that. If Zach will help us out a little bit and get us some coordinates on that. I know they do that on Friday. We'll try to do all that tomorrow. But today I want to thank very much Laird Veach, the athletics director at the University of Memphis. I want to thank Russell Copeland and I want to thank Jarvis Greer for being with me today. I'll be back with you at three o'clock with Bryant Dacus for Sports Time. Until then, I'm Brett Norsworthy. Everybody have a safe day and thank you for listening to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98. 